Well, welcome back, everybody, to another week of Already is Workmanship podcast. I have Dell and Logan on again this week. Uh, hi, guys. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Do, doing great. Happy day before Thanksgiving. Yep. So we're recording the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, yep. And so um, I'm really enjoying this conversation we're getting to have about how we um, move forward in addressing our character defects and how we get through that process. And uh, I don't know, to me, uh, this has been, this is when like the meat of the 12 steps really kind of hits the meat of uh, walking in everyday life as a Christian. Like they're both really intertwined at this point, I think, because everybody kind of works through this at some point in their walk and spirituality and with Christianity and with uh, the 12 steps as well. Right. So um, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Uh, last week we asked uh, how will you listen for God when your prayer time? Um, I'll kick it over to Dell first. Uh, how do you listen for God when you're doing things? Yeah, it's, it's uh that's a good one, actually, because one one of the things that I started doing uh, early on in my sobriety is is when you know you're thinking about someone or something, and maybe they text you or maybe they call you, and it's this interconnectivity of of our being that um I've always been interested and in, always pursued, and I think what's odd is once you just stop with the you know if you try to live a life with the feeling that there are no coincidences it starts to make sense. Right. And so when I was, you know, finding my way in sobriety and I started listening and I removed anything that would happen, what I would say unnaturally and say, Hey, that's not a coincidence. That is a message. Right. And so many times when you're down in the dumps or you need that one person, maybe they text you or you call you. Right. And it's, you could, you could explain that away as, Hey, that's a coincidence. Or you could say, Whoa, that's a message. And you know, it happened to me yesterday too. I was feeling a little frazzled at work. So, you know, what do I do? I lean over to my iPad and I turn to one of my God inspiration things. And I'm like, ah, 15 minutes of this will heal me right up. And it usually does. And right when I reached to my iPad, I got a spam text from someone that said, Hey, this is Daryl. Give me a call when you're available. So I'm getting these weird spam texts of like, do you want to sell your house and things like that? And so it was really, really weird. And it was almost as if like, is it a coincidence or was that some sort of evil that comes down and tries to keep me away from pressing play on, on my inspirational um, video I was going to watch. Right. So, so anyway, I think um, in order to listen for me personally, I can't speak for anyone else. What I needed to do was remove the fact that it wasn't a Chris, it wasn't a coincidence that when, I was down in the dump that there was none of my atheist friends there for me. It wasn't a coincidence that people who loved and cared for me, you know, were all Christian. It wasn't a coincidence that every single person out there that, you know, was there for me when I needed was people that believed in God. And um, 
they kind of just came out of the woodworks and and helped me out a lot. So anyway, that's kind of my my rant on the inter interconnection and living life without coincidences. Cool. Uh, I know that's happened for you and I a bunch where I was thinking about you and called you and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I got to tell you all the stuff that's going on right now because it's like so... Uh, like I'm having a rough day or whatever. That's, I don't know, happened at least a hundred times for you and I. So yeah. Uh, yeah. what about you, Logan? How do you uh, listen for God? You know, um, I spent the majority of my life not doing that at all. Um, I'm one of those people where, you know, actually my, our pastor, Tyler, uh, had a great, he kind of talked about this in his preach on Sunday about how, there's a lot of people who who complain about how it's like, well, you know, I, I don't hear anything from God, but it's like you get up in the morning and then, you know, get up in the, this is like, you know, kind of how I used to do a lot of things, get up in the morning. Okay. Straight to work. Um, and then while I'm driving to work, I got the radio on and listen to talk radio in the morning. I get to work, you know, I'm working, you know, I get, I'm off on my break. I get my lunch. I put my earbuds in. I'm listening to a podcast. Um, then, you know, back to, back to the grind get home, uh, you know, talking with my wife, uh, you know, then straight after dinner, uh, straight to a TV show all the way up to bedtime, go to bed. Oh man, I don't really hear from the Lord. And it's like, yeah, like you're not listening <laughs> like ever. You know, you, so I think there's a discipline. Um, my dad was really good at this. He used to get up really early in the morning. And you know, when I was living at home, he, he would get up early and then he'd get me up too. Cause he would, you know, I had a, I had a zero period at, at, uh, at, in high school and we would get up together at like five 30 in the morning and then we would do a devotion together. And then part of his, his d- discipline was like doing a devotion and then doing some prayer. But then a part of it was just like sitting in silence, you know, for just a couple of minutes. And, you know, it's really, really awkward the first time you do it, but then it just became something that, that we did. And, you know, he would, I was like, you know, dad, why are we just sitting here? He's like, well, I'm just listening. You know, I'm actually listening to see whether or not God's going to say something to me. Um, you know, I'm reading the word and then, you know, focusing on that, but then I'm just actually sitting there in, in a, in a state where I could actually receive something. And it that was, that was like game changing for me when I was in high school, but then I just didn't really create that discipline in my life. You know, I'm one of those people that likes to fill up every moment if I can with something and I get bored easily. And, you know, I'm constantly running from one thing to the other. And so it has been a discipline, like a life discipline for me to create moments of stillness and focus on the Lord and actually sit there and listen. And a lot of times for me, it helps if I'm looking outside, you know, nature oftentimes stirs us to, you know, to, actually engage with our creator and so um you know i I try to do that and try to get up early in the morning not as early as my dad did but at least to the point where i have i love that hour before work where i can actually get up get my cup of coffee you know and then i try to not get distracted with news you know or you know what's going on and I actually try to spend a little bit of time just in stillness with it where i don't have a radio on or the TV on or earbuds in or listening to, you know, podcasts or something like that. And I should give the Lord time to talk to me. I, I, I try to do it in the car sometimes too. Just like I can usually only stand about five minutes, but 
even though I can only usually stand about five minutes in that five minutes, oftentimes it's, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't hear the audible voice of the Lord. Like he doesn't like, you know, like a sunbeam doesn't come down and like, thus saith the Lord, Logan. Um, But oftentimes my, I find my, I find my thoughts brought to somebody who I need to reach out to. And then I call them or I text them or whatever. And oftentimes it's like, oh my gosh, I totally needed you to call me or something like that. And that's because I've created these moments where I'm actually just not busy as all get out. And I actually have the margin in my life. So protecting that a little bit. And the times when I do that, I find myself hearing from the Lord a lot more. Um, Just creating those moments of not necessarily stillness. It's hard in our life, but time where I'm not specifically filling every moment with activity. So, yeah. Uh, for me, I have to structure in walks. Well, that's where I really hear from God and make sure I don't listen to anything on a walk. Don't listen to a podcast. Don't listen to the radio. Don't listen to a book. Just be out by myself, not having anything come in from the world. Um, luckily for me, when I'm driving, my radio is broken. It has been for several <laughs> years. And I get uh, some good times in that because I can just listen uh, then uh, to God. And then I've said it before, too, uh, getting out kayaking because I leave my phone behind if I go out on the water. And that's like completely like cut off from the world for that hour or two I'm out on the water. And there's like a lot of peace and spirituality and just connection to God when that happens for me. Um, Those are the like three places there. And then I hear a lot from God and doing things like this where I'm talking with friends, uh, one or two friends where we're like really sharing deeply about our lives. And, and, you know, I hear a lot from God in those things right uh you know if it's a spiritual correction or if it's just a different viewpoint than mine or whatever it happens to be that i feel sharpened and i hear a lot from god then right where it's like you know this idea you have todd is really good and this idea todd you have is not very good like that sort of thing happens there a lot too so and and like logan i almost never hear the audible voice of god like it's probably only been like three or four times where I've like heard it like there. The last time it happened for me was when I, um, my, like, I don't know, five years ago, my wife and kids were out on a trip to see in-laws and I visited Logan's church. And the second time I went there, uh, the second weekend I was able to go, I was there and praying and heard God's like, Oh, you need to come to this church. And I'm like, what about my wife? We have to go through this decision process about like how we decide to do anything. We have this like process we go through that's kind of agreed upon. And I heard God telling me like, you know, instantly in that moment, like not bring your wife and family to this church is direct disobedience of me. And I'm like, okay. I sent a text to my wife saying like, Hey, we're going to this church. I prayed about it. And God said, not taking you guys to this church is direct disobedience to him. So we're going here. And my wife was like, okay, that's where we're going, right? It was no questions. There wasn't a, there wasn't anything, right? It was just like that. So, um, but that's a real rarity for me, right? It's not something that happens for me very often. Um, most of the time I get inspiration about how to solve a problem 
that I was unable to solve myself. And way back in like the third or fourth podcast, we talked about God's promises, right? Uh, and there's that one in there that uh, we'll suddenly realize God's doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And I remember that thing, right? Where like, you know, an issue that I just could not get my hands around, head around there. Um, most of my topics and like thoughts that I bring to the podcast happen from that meditation as well. Um, that's, that's like, honestly, the most productive part of my life is that time frame. I get all my significant ideas for what I need to do for work or what I need to do for anything. Almost all of it comes from those quiet walks. So, um, I've like acknowledged in my life that if I want to do something great, I have to do that thing. It's like that walk isn't non-productive time. It's actually the most productive time I have in my entire life. Like it produces more good things in that time frame than any other part of my life, bar none. Like how to better handle my kids, how to like do what I need to do that day. All that comes from that quiet time. So um yeah, so that that's what it is for me. So yeah, I mean the I, you kind of reminded me there that you know that's the that's that time I have the the privilege of you know we have this early morning um, coffee meeting that guys get together. Actually, Todd and and Dell when they lived in California got together. You know we used to see each other there, and I actually the same kind of thing the the conversation with other people people sharing about their lives is a huge thing too, of of actually hearing from the Lord because you you hear that it's like that reflection back from other people and you hear what the Lord is saying to them and it stirs something in your own spirit uh, and encourages you. And, 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 uh, um, I, I think it's funny that you're, you're like going out for like one or two hours and I'm like five minutes. And I'm like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great discipline that you have Todd that, you know, that I've always, I've always really, um, you know, looked up to. So appreciate yeah. that. Sharing you know that. that. I've just discovered like the thing that produces the most good in my life is that hour long walk, especially when I like disconnect from everything. I am actually infinitely more productive. Like all the good stuff happens on that time frame, Right. So for me, it's like, I don't view it as just a luxury or as a, okay, if I get the time, I view it as if I want to do, produce anything good in the world if i want to produce anything good in my marriage if i need want to produce anything good as a dad like all those areas that i really want to be excellent at and the best i possibly can they only get there when i'm doing that discipline right if i skip it for a few days i am not the person i need to be i'm not at the excellence i want to be at so um yeah so that, that's that's what I've just discovered, right? And reframed that in my mind from a luxury to an absolute necessity. And um, my business partner, Andy, has this awesome meme uh, meme for coding. Uh, uh, you know, if you're trying to find a bug and trying to figure out somewhere in your code where things are wrong, he's like, you know, the, the meme is like, a coder and he's like you know go take a walk for 30 minutes and like have the inspiration of exactly where the code is fixed and fix it right away or stare at your screen for six hours and still not be able to find it right that's a guy pressing the button stare at six of those code for six hours and not get the solution right that's what we do right but 
there's just something magic about relaxing our brains and connecting where we connect to something different than ourselves that does that. At least that's what happens for me. That's my experience. So reminds me of, uh, there's that famous Martin Luther quote says, uh, I have so much to do today that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, He's like, yeah, oh man, I'm so busy today. I've got to pray three hours today. Cause he, you know, he was famously for a long time. He said that he played, prayed two hours to two hours a day. It's like, no, I have so much going on today that I got to spend three hours in prayer so that I can get it all done. Like that's so antithesis to the way we live our modern lives. But, you know, to your point, I mean, that, you know, sometimes working harder, like just like smashing your head against the wall, you know, of something is not actually the way to get more done. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so, I'm transitioning into the theme for this week's podcast. Uh, you know, I was going to share the prayer that gets me through stuff um, the most or has the most uh, meaning for me. And probably the thing I've spent the very most time meditating on over the past uh, 15 years. Uh, I figured I've meditated on the serenity prayer around 10,000 hours now, um, mostly from necessity of me being able to actually function in the world, not from a like, hey, like I need to be an expert on this or anything like that. It's just like the only way I get through things, right? And so I'm going to go through the full serenity prayer, and then I'll take a couple stanzas out of it that I've meditated on for a long time and we can discuss them. So the full serenity prayer is this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you'll make all things right if I surrender to your will, so they be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. So um, I've kind of broken apart that stanza, all those stanzas at one point or another. Um, you know, the first ones, you know, the, the, you know, the first part of it, right? The serenity, accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. Um, meditated on that a bunch. Um, but th- when I first started that, it was all like internal things about myself or external things to me. Um, I think the most, the, 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 the two lines that I meditated on the most are accepting hardship as a pathway to peace Taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Um, Those are two things that are completely the antithesis of everything we're taught in the world, right? Where we're taught that hardship is never good, and we're taught that um, we're supposed to make the world into a perfect place. Like, if we can only be perfect enough, or if we can only manifest change enough, everything will be okay um and you know those are probably the ones that i struggle the most with it right like accepting the sinful world as it is not as i would have it like like 
so much of my like arguments with God, so much of my like reason why I walked away from God was like suffering. Like, God, why is there suffering in the world? Why, why are these all these terrible things happening? Um, and I've never got an adequate answer. Even my answer that I have that I'm like a tiny bit okay with, uh, <laughs> that if if we if the world wasn't, uh, if the world was different, um, and um, excuse me, um, I'd be forcing other people to like bend to my will, right? Like the free will argument there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that doesn't do for me. Like, why is this world the way it is? That just doesn't resonate as a good enough reason. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's something way more complex that has to do with the infinite part of God. But those two pieces of it, when I'm really able to do that, accept hardship as a pathway to peace and accept as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. When I actually am capable of doing those two things, when God gives me that strength to do it, um, I actually gain a huge amount of peace, right? I gain just like the peace that surpasses all understanding when I do that. So um, I guess I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on that portion of it or, or any portion of the, the prayer. Um, I'll start off with you, Logan. Um, I mean, that, I mean, I think that's just a, a normal human thing to, to, to struggle with um, accepting that the, accepting that the world, you know, accepting the limitations of our own control and power. Um, and I mean, I think that's, that's, that's inherently what it is to be human is understanding, understanding our limitations, understanding the, where, where God begins and where we end. Um, the, I mean, the, the, the reality is, is that, is that we we live in a fallen world. I mean, that's what the scripture teaches us is that, you know, all creation groans under the weight of sin, um, that we've missed the mark and that that part of human nature isn't necessarily going to change. Um, and that the only way that it does is through the redemption and through the, the work of Jesus Christ, the work of the cross, um, where we are little by little, you know, as we walk with him transformed more and more into, into his image. And so, you know, that unfortunately, well, not even unfortunately, um, it feels unfortunate that a lot of the process of transformation feels like suffering because as human beings, we are not, you know, the three of us work in technology. And so, so a lot of times I think people who work in technology like to feel like, you know, we embrace change. Well, it's like when we embrace external change, you know, maybe some people embrace external change easier than other people do, but none of us embrace internal change easily. Um, And so when your character is changing, when your behaviors are changing, when your mindset is changing, when your worldview is changing, these are all extremely difficult things that inherently have with them a lot of suffering because it's not a natural thing for us to do. And so it's always going to be hard to to go through that trans- transformational process to change your to change your mindset. I think is like 
is one of the most difficult things that anyone is asked to do. And, you know, to that's why these prayers are so powerful is because they, they re- keep continually bring us back and remind us to submit back to that process um, because it's so easy to pull out of it because it is such a difficult and jarring thing to have the way you look at the world um, shifted. And so um, I think that's what, that's the powerful, the power of these sort of repetitions of those kind of things is continually um, encouraging us to submit back to the process of allowing allowing that change, that mindset change to happen um, without, you know, bailing out of it because it is such a disturbing uh, process to be part of, to, to be told and convinced that the way that you look at the world, the way you even perceive and bring in stimuli from the outside is wrong or is needs to be changed. That the way you look at things, the way you even absorb information is changing and being refined. Um, I can't think of something more difficult to do on an elemental level for, for our brains. Um, and so that's why, I mean, that's why I think we go back to these things because it is such a difficult thing for us to do. And then, and then it, it brings us some comfort to continually submit to that process again so that we can continue to, to, to move on. So I think that's one of the, that's one of the miracles of, of when you look at lives that are changed. I mean, you look at people's changed lives, changed behaviors, changed mindset, and people, you know, people kind of look at that and they go, Oh yeah, that person changed. It's, a, it's not a big deal. It's like, yes, it is. It's, it's a huge deal. It's a miracle. And so I choose to see when people divert, you know, I, I, you know, from sort of the trajectory that they were on as a miracle every single time it happens. So. Yeah, it, it for sure is like, um, change is incredibly hard. Uh, and just it requires so many different things to happen internally for us to embrace change so uh how about you Dell? i know this is an important prayer for you as well but i'd love to hear your perspective on any part of it um the entire thing the part that's really that you have memorized uh i'll to hear from you so yeah it's an absolute pillar for me um and prior to the serenity pair when you know just getting on i found this thing and it was a it was a flow chart and it's the world's easiest flow chart and it said can i control it yes do something no move on and um so i started with that and then now it evolved into you know can i control it um uh, if if so, have the courage to do something, right? And um, if I can't control it, then, you know, make sure that I have that wisdom to know the difference between the two, right? So um, it it just really helps me get through the, those times. And, and because we're, you know, in the morning, I, I do really good things. And then the day hits you and you have all this external stimuli, so much is negative. And you just knowing you know, being the controlling person, the, the addict, the alcoholic in me wants to control everything. And I need to make sure that I know what I can control 
and what I can't. And that's where the wisdom to know the difference really just comes in. So it's, it's putting them in the buckets and taking action on and what I, I can do. I mean, we all know that, you know, comfort to me is a prison and life and growth is about doing the things you don't want to do. And it's about doing the things that put you out there and make you feel uncomfortable because that's when you're growing. Um, you know, and with my kids and my family, I'm always, they tell me about the stuff that, ah, oh, dad, this is going to be so hard. And then they see me smile and they know what I'm going to say. I look at them and I say, I'm just so happy you're going to grow from this. And I leave it at that. Um, sometimes empathy, sometimes not. But um, I think, you know, I said in the last uh, podcast we did that I make sure for work that there is a variation, there is a combination in my passwords that I use for work that always screen goes out. You know, I could type something along the serenity prayer into my computer up to 15 times a day, right? So that helps me throughout the day, that constant reminder that you're going to be presented on a daily basis with, you know, nonsense, evil, BS, whatever it may be. And just using that simple flow chart, using that thing, how do I categorize this? Where do I put this in my mind? And it just helps me grow um, and just get through the things that we have to get through on a, on a daily basis. So um, I can't do a due diligence, um, what this means to me and how much I've grown since I've implemented this, you know? Um, but, you know, if, if others look at it this way and understand that we're going to be challenged and understand that with suffering comes growth, it's the only way I, Remember when I did the marathon, it was those 16 mile, 18 mile, 20 mile runs that I really got to know myself. And that's where without that uncomfortable situation, I couldn't grow to the 26, right? So it took the 12, the 14, the 16 to get to the 26 and it was miserable and doubt I'll ever do it again. But um, yeah, so anyway, that's really the the pillar. It It's really the the main prayer that I do, it's, it's what I listen to in the morning. It's what I have on my, you know, I mean, I've got it on my background. You guys can't see on my phone right now. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that kind of just puts it into those categories and adds some perspective of what it means to me and how I use the serenity prayer. Oh, thanks, Del. Um, yeah. The amount of change I've seen happen through you is astonishing, right? So um it's just going to keep on changing too right um keeping on doing the same stuff is just going to bring more and more radical change into our lives so um there's another portion in here that i spent a good solid two years of my life praying on because it was something that was really difficult for me um well basically all the entire serenity prayer has been difficult for me but there's this line here near the end, trusting you'll make all things right if I surrender to your will, if I surrender to your will, right? That, trusting you'll make it all right if I surrender to your will. That's, um. oh man. Um, so this is what I discovered from that sentence and meditating on it for me. 
Um, my number one discovery was that um, the notion that our emotions aren't important and should not be paid attention to is a lie from the devil. It's the worst thing you can possibly do in your life. If you're saying that you don't have you don't have to pay attention to your emotions because they change, you're wrong. It's the worst thing you can possibly do for your spirituality, and that that's a rebuke. If you're listening to it, um, and this is why. Um, I discovered that my emotions told me what was going on in my life, in particular these ones. If I'm restless, irritable, discontent, anxious, depressed, um, suicidal, despairing. When I'm feeling those emotions, it's because I've gotten that sentence wrong. I've stopped trusting that God will make all things right if I surrender to his will. Right? So that's, that's the reason why I know for sure that emotions are incredibly important like because like those emotions those are really powerful emotions oh yeah fears in there too right fear like those emotions right they're all negative they're all things we don't want to have but they show up consistently in my life every time i get that stanza wrong right and then i realize it right and after praying on this for like years uh that i'm like oh yeah the, that um trusting i'll make all things right if i surrender to you well so like when i do that all those things go away i get joy again i get um peace that surpasses all understanding like everything changes in an instant right um and emotions are there right and i've discovered like emotions are there for multiple reasons right they're a tide they come in and they come out they continuously change. Um, they're not like all of our existences. I'm not saying like we should just live in our emotions all the time, but I am saying they're communicating something incredibly critical to us. Um, and it's not to base like this, like major life decision on or anything like that. It is a communication uh, for me of how I am connecting with God in that particular moment. What am I doing? What is my behavior producing in my life? Uh, almost 100% of the time, they're that. Sometimes there's external things that happen uh, that bring me joy, like, you know, a team I love winning, like, the championship or something external that happens when, a, like, a close family member or friend does something that harms me and I get hurt. Those happen, but uh, most of my emotions are tied to this one thing for me in my life of what am I doing? Am I surrendering my will to Christ, trusting that he'll make all things right, or am I not? That is really where those two things happen for me, and it's like really, really consistent. So um might have been a little attack and controversial in my like directness there, but I wanted to ask Logan because I know Logan has talked a lot about this with me with emotions and heard this phrasing a lot from the Christian community that emotions aren't valid. Uh, I would love to hear Logan's perspective on it. Then I'll bounce it over to Dell. Do you have an hour? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, we can talk no. about it in depth another time too, but 
Uh, but no. this is the tip of the iceberg on this one. So yeah, I mean, this is this one's uh, this one's personally near and dear to my heart because um, I spent probably about thirty-seven or thirty-eight years of my life believing that um, believing that emotions are um, something that I had to control and had to suppress, had to just basically deal with, and you know, you know. An emotion would come and I'd just kind of bite down and write it out and just not acknowledge it. And so the majority of my life doing that. And then uh, Todd Todd and I were actually working together when I think this kind of came to a head because, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty happy, generally a very positive person in, in general in life. But I was just having these issues with just rage, like anger just surfacing in my life and it's just it was so weird because i'm not an i wouldn't characterize myself as an angry person air quotes um but i was just losing my my cool and and losing my temper and you know with my kids with you know uh with my wife uh you know nothing nothing serious like i wasn't you know throwing anything or punching holes in the walls but I'm, i'm sure that was probably coming um, and I kind of noticed this. So I was like, this is, this is really rough. And, and like, why is this happening? You know, it's just never been something that I've ever really had to deal with too much. And I started talking to people about it and started talking to Todd about it, started talking to, you know, other people in my life that I trust, started reading, read a book called Emotionally Her- uh, Healthy Spirituality, which is on my list of books that I would recommend to anybody. Um, and I just realized that though, I believed that I was mature in some ways that I was very emotionally immature because I'd never grown up on how to deal with emotions and and what they were. And, you know, much to, to what the way you were talking, Todd, emotions are not emotions are given to us by God and there's something to be enjoyed and there's something to be experienced because without emotion, life is very one note and it's, it's like a black and white um, and emotions are actually bring flavor and color, but they also are great at um, telling us that something is wrong that we need to deal with. Um, And so if we are ignoring them because they're bad, then we are not getting the information from them. It's like, it's like ignoring the symptoms of, of a cold or a flu and never resting or never, you know, eating some chicken soup or, you know, taking a vitamin, uh, vitamin C supplement or something like that. Then just leads us to a place where, you know, you can stuff and stuff and stuff for so long but eventually you what i created was a just this deep well of unprocessed unrecognized emotions that then just decided to push out in the most inappropriate times like it's like you i'm i should be mildly annoyed at that why do i want to rip someone's head off well because i have 30 years of anger that i've never acknowledged and so Instead of getting, so you poke me, and instead of getting like a little poke back, you poke me, and I'm gonna slug you, you know. And so, you know, and you know, I, I just had never really thought, oh, I'm not angry, you know. I, you know, I know how to forgive all these things, and it's like, yeah, you know, I had made had made the mental ascent to forgive. I'd made the mental ascent to do that, but I'd never actually gone through the entire process. And so, I think, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Todd, when you said that. I mean, I, I agree hundred percent, you know, I mean, it sounds harsh, but it actually, you know, I, I actually counsel, I'm counseling with a couple of guys now that have 
had the same process that I've gone through. And it's like, what did it do in their life? It led them to a place where, you know, this can, it can lead to violence. It can lead to, you know, broken relationships. Some people self-medicate those things by substances, et cetera. And like, it just leads to this, this idea that emotions are something that are not valid and can and need to be ignored. I think it just drives people to a place where you have these really horrible things happening in their lives when we should just really encourage people to become emotionally mature. And part of becoming emotionally mature is dealing with emotions and seeing, okay, this is an emotion. I don't make decisions out of my anger. I don't make decisions out of my feelings of depression or whatever, especially big life altering ones, but I can use those as a barometer to see, Hey, where am I? And like, do I need to invest in myself a little bit? Do I need to do some self care? Do I need to talk to somebody? Um, and so that's, it's kind of a soapbox that I'm on. It's like a, a life thing that, you know, I've learned that I really want to share with as many people as possible. And so, yeah, let's do a, let's do, let's do a whole podcast. So we'll talk about it, but yes, I agree. 1000%. How about you, Del? <clears throat> yeah, that, it's a lot to unpack again on this one with me. I think, um, you know, the first thing that I, look at now and and it's one of the hardest things is when my kid my kids are old and they they're cognitive to my changes over the past the man i was versus now and it's funny i don't think i've raised my voice in the last five years or so i um don't know you know i think that there was some challenge with the loss of my mom where i allowed those external stimuli to make me angry and i still have a little bit of bitterness there um but i just need to make sure and we all need to make sure every day that you know emotions are going to be there but we can't let ourselves to be emotionally controlled and you sit around and you know you text message or someone sees a meme or something on the TV politically or however you feel about anything. And, you know, we're, it's, it's manufactured control. It's things that if you let sit, whatever news article you're reading or whatever makes you mad in 72 hours, it's probably irrelevant. Right. So I try to apply that um, 72 hour rule to make sure that I'm not being synthetically emotionally controlled by fictitious external stimuli on on those so um i think that you know dealing with emotions is super important yet we just need to make sure we're not dealing with manufactured emotions right and so if you just take truly what's real in your life and what matters and you know apply it to the serenity prayer as we said earlier um it it, it just really helps me out a lot and there's some things that i'm struggling to forgive over the last um, five years, six years, specifically two years. But um, I think that, you know, if I just try to stop, express my gratitude of I'm grateful for what I have, um, the health of my family, um, and then also, you know, empathy, right? It's, you know, this person is acting in that way that I disagree with because they're allowing themselves to be emotionally controlled, right? We're in this news cycle of constant pop box. It's 24 seven. We, you know, when we grew up, we turned on the evening news at 5 PM. They got their say on, you know, the disappearing cats in the neighborhood. And then we moved on. And now we are bound cognitively to this 24 hour 
news cycle that, you know, controlling our emotions and, you know, resisting that is hard. And then dealing with the people who have succumbed to it is, is a challenge. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, I, I just think that I just have to just take the external stimuli. I'm in charge of how my brain processes it and making sure that I, you know, control those emotions and figure out what's real and what's not, because there's so much that's not out there. That's, that's driving people nuts. So, um, yeah, that's, that's about what I have yeah. to say. So, um, I'm going to close, uh, for myself on this one last little thought in the serenity prayer that trusting that God will make all things right. Um, it's a really hard one because there's a lot of really terrible things that happen to people in the world, but I've seen that come true a hundred percent of the time. And the people that have made that trusting uh, decision to God, I've seen the most heinous things that were done to people, including things that were done to me as a child get made right by that decision, that conscious decision of I'm trusting that you'll make it right. Um, and he didn't, he didn't like change the heart of my like abusers. He didn't uh, give me like satisfaction and justice or any of those things. He functionally changed me internally and made it right. Um, in a deep spiritual sense, at the deepest part of my soul, he made it right. And so it's a process. It took a long time for me to get through took a long time for me to get through that uh, cognitive process where God completely remade me internally and remade those experiences. Um, But I've seen it happen a hundred percent of the time with the people who digged in and did it. And I am talking like stuff I can't talk about on a podcast uh, because of the graphic nature of it. Um, but it's like the worst parts of humanity, the worst things that were done to people, the worst decisions people have made that harm themselves, men and women being made right again and being like made really, really right again. So, um, yeah, and that is just what I've seen happen over and over and over again. So, you know, I invite you to be in the process, right? I invite you to be in a community of people uh talk about these deep dark things have friends do all those things that help you get through this i guess work um but it's really hard right because we're dealing with the stuff at the deepest core of our being right and um that's a hard place to go to because there's so much fear and and heartache there but yeah, God will make it all right. And it's that's a super hard thing I'm asking to do. I'm not asking you to do something that's like easy peasy, right? Um, it's like simultaneously the hardest thing you'll ever do and the easiest thing you'll ever do, right? Because God's taking complete control, right? But um, yeah, so I wanted to close with that for me. Uh, any other closing thoughts from you guys? Uh, no, besides, you know, I think that, that, uh, you know, the, the act of surrender and the surrendering our control to the Lord is really at the heart of what it is to walk with him. And it's, you know, in, in many different ways. And 
you know, for us, the acknowledgement that he's in, that he's the one who should be in control. And then giving that, 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 you know, that transaction of, he says, Hey, I'm going to give you free will. And we say, I'm going to give it back to you. It's a beautiful thing. And it does, it leads to a place of peace. And, um, you know, we, we desperately need that in, in our world. How about you, Dell? Um, I, you know, it's, it's the two things that we, we, we've chatted about over and over, Todd. It's, it's the, the act of worship and the act of, um, surrender. And, and it's really hard for people just get, it's, it was misery for me to be the controlling person I am and say that I've got to surrender. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, yesterday I, you know, midday, we talked about the story prior was, you know, I surrendered around 2 p.m. where I was like, you know, only thing that's going to help me right now is one of my inspirational, you know, God YouTube videos, right? And makes me get my shield on and, and going. And, you know, that's an act of surrendering. And five years ago, six years ago, if you asked me about that surrender, I'm like, you know, I was too egotistical and too self-righteous and too controlling to say, you know, I'd say surrender to who? thinking I'm the man I can control everything. And quite frankly, I can't. So um, sometimes you got to throw some, some, some of your issues and your emotions over the fence and um, let people help you deal with them. All right. Thanks. Uh, Logan. I'm good. I've, good? I've, uh, I've had my air time. So, all right. Uh... <laughs> cool. all right. Um, I'll go ahead and close this out in prayer. Uh, before I do that, uh, let's go for, uh, next week's question. Next week's question is going to be, um, what relationships or who, uh, what people are you investing in developing? Um, uh, cause that's, that's what it's all about, right? Is developing these relationships. Uh, that's what helps us get through everything. So uh, that'll be the question for next week. And I'll close this out in prayer. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much for my friends, Dell and Logan, and this uh, opportunity for us to discuss and be open and honest in such a public way. And I just ask that you protect our hearts as we go back out into the world and interface with our family and friends. And I ask that you protect the hearts of those who are like listening to us and um, help bring the change into their lives that uh, you're looking to bring into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.